by no one's demand, but our own and from our home office here in Elizabeth Park in fantastic, in beautiful, in wonderful, in lovely, scenic Nashville, Tennessee. It is the 615 Sessions. It is brought to you by A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports Nashville.com. Hey, there was a Titans game played. Actual football. Marcus Mariota in a game day uniform, throwing passes. Very exciting stuff. Uh, we are taping this on a Thursday night. Typically, we like to come to you on Tuesday and Thursday because of the weird preseason schedule. I figured it wasn't worth my time to do a podcast for Thursday morning and have it completely irrelevant by the time the actual game was played. So here we are. We're going to talk about the game. We're going to talk about what stood out. We're going to talk about how Marcus looked. We're going to talk about how bad Taewon looked. <laughs> Taewon Taylor. Woof. Another rough night for you, boy. But we will discuss all of those things and we will get to our guest interview, which is Titans left tackle, the starting left tackle, not Taylor Lewan. It's Dennis Kelly because he is a former Philadelphia Eagle. He is somebody who has great insight and he is somebody who went to Purdue and I had to talk a little trash to when we sat, to, sat down to do the interview. I wore an Indiana shirt. He went to Purdue, of course. And so, you know, it's like Tennessee and Vandy. It's just, a, it's just an extra opportunity to rub somebody's nose in it. So what we will do is we will talk to Dennis first, then we will come back and talk about the preseason game that is, as we're taping this at 9 o'clock on Thursday night, is still ongoing. Titans lead 14 to 10. Not that that matters to you Friday morning. Meanwhile, Dennis Kelly. Back here on the 615 Sessions, A to Z Sports, A to Z Sports Nashville.com. St. Thomas Sports Park, beautiful morning, joined by Titans Tackle, Dennis Kelly. Appreciate you hanging out, brother. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. So I couldn't think of any uh, more disrespectful way to waste your time this morning than to come out here in an Indiana t-shirt, because you, of course, went to Purdue. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going to, for, I've been out of college now for four years, mm-hmm. but it's still, it's still just, I got I to gotta find different ways to shit talk Purdue. Like, I got to. Yeah. I got to get it out of my system. Sure. Do you think you're going to be able to overcome that in this interview? Yeah, fortunately enough, uh, we're used to just being a little bit better than <laughs> IU, so I'm just used to it. Always taking shots. Oh my God! Like it, it's not even it's it's hypocritical for me to even try and talk shit, Dennis, because <laughs> of the way that you guys have owned my football and basketball teams mm-hmm. now for a couple years, and it's just it's just been a sticking point. But like the hate on the side of Purdue for IU. To me, it seems like so much more yeah. than than what IU feels about Purdue. Like every time, like I'll turn on a Rutgers Purdue game right. in the middle of you know, whatever January, yeah. and there's a fuck IU chant like constantly <laughs> in the background, and I'm sitting there watching this like I like I'm I'm flattered a little like, bit, but I'm like, what the hell is this? Yeah, it's fascinating. It's, <laughs> it's it it is wild. You know, we had coaches when I was there talking about we were playing Michigan and it was you know close game in Ross Aiden. Still, we did the IU sex chant, and it is the dynamic is kind of fascinating when you think about it because you know you can always look at some rivalries, and there's there's always like the big brother, little brother comparison sure. out there, and so Purdue, I think, naturally feels like it's the big brother, but yet it spends a lot of its time taking shots at IU, which is it's not punching normal. down yeah, a little it's bit, not normal. like when you know. I, I got into IU because I'm not as smart as my friends who went to Purdue. I'm happy to admit that, okay? I had a great time in college. That's not what a lot of my friends went to school for yeah. at Purdue. 
but every time they just seem they just seem to want to punch down. It's like when Paul, like I love Paul Kaharski. Paul loves to feud with people that have like eight Twitter followers, yeah. and he's got ninety thousand. <laughs> it's like why are you wasting your right, energy? Right, kills me. No, it, it's wild. It is something that it's always a good reminder just to be like, uh, how do we stand about IU today? And then sure enough, there's a, di- a different chant. No doubt. So we're at we're in the midst of training camp. You're getting ready to go out to practice here in a couple hours. I, people forget because, like one of my one of my favorite parts of training camp is seeing you guys out here with your families. Mm-hmm. But I forget that you guys are living in a hotel right now. Like right. you guys are away from your families, and every time, like you might have the cutest kids out here. Like no lie, the the, the curly <laughs> hair kills. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's always cool to see. But like, what is this time of year like for you guys when you're stuck in this hotel away from your families? You know, it, it, it's challenging in that regard, just because, especially. Like, my oldest daughter's four right now, and so she obviously understands that I play football and, you know, I play for the Titans, but, like, trying to explain to her that, like, I have to go away. I'm not going very far, but, I like, I just can't come home. It's kind of a hard thing to try and get her to understand. Like, just young enough to where she can't quite compute it. Right, and so it, it's it's cool on the back end when I do get to go home for, you know, a two-hour break or, you know, get to see him after practice because you can see that excitement come up. Um, and you can tell that they actually miss me. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just needed some time away from you, Dad, for me to be able yeah. to miss you. But <laughs> but it is it, it does kind of suck when you, especially on the you know my wife, just in the aspect that you know if something's going on, it's like all I can do is just offer advice, and it's, I'm sure it's one of those things where uh, when she's in, you know, in the thick of it, dealing with all of these things, I'm sure the last thing she wants to do is hear advice from someone who goes to sleep on with privacy and has like just totally removed from the situation you know i can hear the kid i can hear the kids screaming in the background but this is how you handle yeah 100 percent. it's it's an interesting like because i never i i know a lot of guys enjoy certain parts of training camp Mm -hmm. but the the experience on the whole seems pretty damn miserable dennis like you're in you're going into your fifth season i believe Fourth season here. Fourth season. I forgive yeah. me. So, uh, you are you're in your fourth season here in Nashville. How do you kind of like handle the same? It, it, it's not it's not quite monotonous as the word because right. you've dealt with different coaching staffs and things change from year to year. Mm-hmm. But how do you deal with camp? Like how do you deal with the grind? Uh, you know, I think it's one of those things where, especially being part of the offensive line, it kind of helps because you do have a bigger group of guys around you that are usually in a similar um, personality trait. Um, but we usually try and like find one thing to latch on early and as kind of like the running joke throughout. And hopefully that can kind of carry you through and kind of get you, you know, you, you apply it to stuff that goes on in meetings. You apply it to, you know, when we have downtime, if it's a movie, if it's a, you know, a song, whatever it is. Um, that way it kind of breaks it up a little bit, but it might, you know, also kind of elongate everything because sure. it's the same joke over and over again. Um, well, that kind of seems to be w- what I've realized or, you know, recognized while we've been here. So we're on day 10 or 11, I believe. Couldn't tell you. It doesn't matter at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, 
Has the, has there been a a joke found? Am I allowed to ask what the joke for the offensive line is? Because oh. Corey Levin is yeah. the one who said I should put you on this podcast, and I'm I, I essentially let Corey book my show <laughs> for me now. Like, which of your teammates would be fun yeah, to talk he, he's to? He's gonna need to get a finder's fee. Um, <laughs> you know, I think we're. Uh, Taylor's always good for some good material, and so. Meanwhile, this damn this damn podcast with the, that he's got with Jalen Ramsey's going yeah, right? crazy this morning. Unbelievable. Oh, no, I bet. <laughs> um, but I think the biggest thing right now is there's a song he's got going on, and uh, and then there's we we watched Twenty One and Over with Miles Teller and Austin Parker. I think his okay. name is, and we realized that Miles Teller's character is identical to Taylor Lewan. And Jesus. so we're tr- we're just like ripping on him all the time that he just <laughs> stole this persona and is just trying to claim it as right. his own. His, he's just totally unoriginal yeah. at this point. Yeah. He's, he's totally just replicated <laughs> Miles Teller's character. So, and the best part, he hasn't seen the movie, so or he claims he hasn't seen the movie. So he says he has no idea of this. So we just continuously just man, that's just a twenty-one and over of you, bro. And like. <laughs> <laughs> So just it, needle him a little at practice. Just a little bit here and there, and it, it, you can tell he's like, oh, damn it. <laughs> it's, you know, there's nothing like twisting the knife on your friends every once in a while. No, Taylor, Taylor is, I mean, you, got, you all have great personalities and great character in that mm-hmm. offensive line room. And I, I feel like it's kind of lost on people how important this season in particular is for you, Dennis, because you're you're in your fourth year here in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've done some great things. What do you before Before we talk about how important this is for you, how – What's your what's your proudest accomplishment that you've had here in Nashville? Because you've been fantastic right. when they need you, and they've had to use you mm-hmm. a lot, which is I, I don't know necessarily what you expected when you got uh, traded here to Nashville. Sure, but you've been fantastic when you've been called upon. What are you most proud of? Uh, thank you for that. Uh, sure, I, I would say it's probably just the reputation that you know they can trust me. You know, it's not one of those things where if something were to happen where Jack or Taylor go down. You know, there's that oh crap moment. Like, what are we gonna do? Like, like do you to... have that moment on the sideline where you're just like, it's like it's are, time. Are we doing this or like are you, this are, real? you are you selling this? I shouldn't bit? have had this subway before. <laughs> uh, there's definitely a little bit of like, are you down for real or are you just you know selling it a little bit? Sure. But uh, yeah, it's just it's more of that aspect of like them, you know, really trusting the fact that they can continue that game plan and not having to adjust protections or plays or anything. Uh, and I think that's just, like, having that trust from the coaches and the team, I think is just, like, one of those things that's, you know, really uh, just makes me pretty proud. So do you approach this year any differently? Because you're in a contract year, mm-hmm. ostensibly. Does it change at all for you? Is there any more added pressure, do you feel? I mean, obviously, you want to perform at your best right. every time you go out there. But mm-hmm. does it kind of change things heading into this year? Uh, I mean, it it does and it doesn't. Like, it can't change anything that I do preparation-wise um, because then I'm it makes me a different player. Like, I'm the player I am because of the way I've handled everything. Sure. Um, but in reality, if I play well, you know, next offseason can be very uh, – beneficial for me so that there's that reality third contracts are huge right. in the NFL. so it's one of those things where while the process hasn't changed i think possibly you know the end result is probably the biggest way of saying for sure there is a difference so you're getting ready to play your first preseason game by the time the people hear this you guys will be waking up 
in Philadelphia. Okay. You spent some time there. Why are Eagles fans the worst? <laughs> <laughs> just what the hell's wrong with them? Dennis, why? The whole city. It's you not know, just Eagles it's, fans. It's, it's, they terrify me. It's fascinating how uh, – I think it, part of it's an East Coast thing. Okay. There's just They're a little bit more aggressive. You know, I'm from the Midwest. It's got a similar vibe to down here. Um, but I think, I think a little bit is, you know, they're obviously passionate. They obviously love their sports, which is an awesome, awesome thing to have when you're winning. For sure. When you're winning, like you are kings of the world, like everything is awesome. Uh, Hungry dogs run faster, the right. whole thing. And then when you lose, they let you hear about it. And I was there uh, early on in my career, like right when the, the, the Twitter had just really started picking up. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and so one of the best uh, lines I heard was from Evan Mathis. He said something of the sort of like, you knew you played well. When your Twitter didn't didn't blow up, yes, because if you if your mentions were off the charts, you knew you had done something wrong. You had missed the block. You fell down. Like because it's the only time that Twitter's going to notice offensive line right. play. Right. Yes. So that was I heard that pretty early on in my career. I was like, oh, that's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> I just I look at the way, and it's it's kind of like SEC football down here. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a tribalism mm-hmm. in in the uh, the NFC East that I've just I've never ex- I've never seen anything like it in my life. And I look, you know, after the Super Bowl celebration, I'm just like. I think it would be cool to be there for like 20 minutes and then never go anywhere near any of that ever again. You know, and it's wild because the city, the city is so cool with the, the history behind it. It's fantastic. And like some of those, some of the, they have a street that was there during like the Revolutionary War. Like think about like the history and people that have walked on that street. Uh, it's just, it's, it's a fascinating place to be. And then there's that aspect of, if you lose a game, you like you need to stay away from your phone, and people will like. I there was I, there was a story about Danny Watkins. He was a first round pick the year before me. Okay, and it was a fireman came out of Canada. It was like twenty eight or something, and you know didn't play as well as they had hoped while he was there. But his first year, I guess he was just like filling gas in his car, and it was like at an intersection, and he's just minding his own business, and someone rolls down the window while stopped at the stoplight and just goes, Danny Watkins, you're a bust. <laughs> drives away booing him. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, like, you don't get that anywhere else. No, my God. No, oh, <laughs> I, like I can't even imagine like what the reaction would be. And I can't keep you much longer, Dennis. I know you got meetings to get to, but it's just – it's. It's so funny to look at from afar. Mm-hmm. And so I don't envy you guys, even for preseason <laughs> game, don't envy you guys going there at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but continued health and success this season. I appreciate you. you hanging out Absolutely. with me. And uh, we'll talk to you after practice. I'm Sounds sure. good, Buck. Appreciate it. Football, Titans football, currently in progress. Things have been happening Marcus Mariota was on the field with the first team offense. There were passes thrown. We're going to talk about it. All of these things from the uh, preseason game, preseason game number one for Tennessee, currently underway uh, in Philadelphia. We will talk about our biggest takeaways from the first team, uh, the first team defense and the first team offense. We'll do the headline grab as we do after every game. We'll take away. We'll take a look at the one thing that you think will be talked about most tomorrow morning when everybody else reacts to the game, but we're doing that right now. We're setting the trend. We are we are tastemakers. 
And so we're happy to have your immediate reaction as we will continue to do here. That being said, let's go ahead and get this thing started and talking some Titans. And off the top, they're in Philadelphia. The game currently underway. The score, 14-10 to in favor of the Titans. Ryan Tannehill with the two touchdown passes. So much stupidity lapping upon my uh, Twitter timeline, Twitter mentions uh, as Tannehill really had a good night in his action that he received. Logan Woodside was the quarterback when I turned off the television, which is where that needs to end, as all things do with Logan Woodside. But anyway... We will start with my opinion on what I saw. A glimpse of something that is has the potential to be fantastic. Has the potential to be uh, season-saving. I swear to God, I don't mean that as hyper, uh, hyperbole. I mean that in the truest sense of the word because the connection is already there. The problem is... It's kind of foreshadowing as to how it could both be a blessing and a curse. That, what I'm referencing, is Adam Humphreys uh, and Marcus Mariota. The connection that they have as Marcus Mariota in his limited action, one series for the Titans starting quarterback. He goes four of eight for 24 yards. The On the receiving end of that was Adam Humphreys, who caught all four passes for all of Marcus Mariota's 24 passing yards. And it's good, right? It's good to see that they're comfortable together. It's good to see that Marcus is comfortable going to them, going to Humphreys, trying to work him into the game. But it is emblematic of a problem that Marcus Mariota has, and that's an over-reliance on the things that make him comfortable. Okay, this could speak to many aspects of Marcus Mariota's life, but in particular as it relates to this offense, because they go on this first series. The first series, the only series that Marcus Mariota, Mar- Marcus Mariota, good Lord, uh, and the starting offense have, they go for it on fourth down. It's a fourth and seven. There is Humphreys working the underneath coverage as a slot receiver is wont to do, and Marcus sees him trailing right at the the line to gain, right? Right at the point where they would be able to convert for a first down on fourth and seven. Marcus tries to rip it in there. It's double covered because, of course, the defense, after the first three passes that were caught by Humphreys, recognizes, okay, he's probably going to be looking for Adam Humphreys. This is the kind of thing I'm talking about. It's a first, It's a first down screen pass, to Humphreys that goes for a gain. It relies too much on Yak. It's a good play. It's what Adam Humphreys is there for. It's what Marcus Mariota can give you. It's also predictable. It's going to Humphreys on third down. You know he's going to be able to convert, but you need to throw the pass past the line of scrimmage, not relying on him to carry you the rest of the way because you've shown it, you've thrown it just short of the first down as Marcus Mariota does. From time to time. It's one of the biggest issues with him. His performance on the whole, when you consider that he doesn't have Delaney Walker, Corey Davis, A.J. Brown, uh, Taylor Lewan, uh, Roger Saffold out there, uh, four of eight for 24 yards. Uh, I mean, it's fine. Like, I don't I don't really care either way. There's the, the past, the, the incompletion to Darius Jennings where he got a little shake, the, the receiver got a little shaken up on the play. Jennings was open. Marcus should have thrown it sooner. There are going to be those with Marcus Mariota. Like, nobody's nobody's going to pitch the, 
perfect game, especially with this quarterback when we kind of under, have an understanding of what you're going to get with him. The thing, though, that I look at, that I notice, is that a lot of the, a lot of the issues that Marcus Mariota has are going to continue to be there. And again, it's preseason game number one. It's one series. But the, the issues that we come to expect, the, the good plays and the bad, all of these things, we kind of, I think we kind of know what Marcus is going to be in 2019. Now, he has plenty of time to adapt and to grow and to become better. This is just the first preseason game. But it's kind of on par for what I've come to expect from a Marcus Mariota performance. Just encapsulated in that one series. I know people are going to freak out and tell me I'm wrong. But this is the situation that I that I approach Marcus Mariota with. He was fine. It was nothing great. It was nothing special. It was fine. It was enough for them to kick a field goal to take, uh, or excuse me, it was enough for, to put them in field goal position before they decided to go for it on fourth and seven with the first team offense. Uh, and that being the situation that it was. It's the matter of setting, settle, settling for field goals and needing to go for it on fourth and seven rather than scoring touchdowns out of the gate. But we will see how they progress as this goes on, as the preseason rolls along, and as we continue further and further into training camp with one preseason game not quite under our belts, uh, about five minutes left. In the third quarter, Titans leading the Eagles 14-10 to in Philadelphia. We're going to get to the headline grab. We're going to get to the thing that most everybody's going to be, that everybody's going to be talking about tomorrow. The, the headlining topic that we get to talk about ahead of time because we do instant reaction. What, what do you think that people are going to be talking about most tomorrow? Uh, what you think the headline grab for tomorrow will be based off the Titans preseason game in Philadelphia? In the meantime, and that is what's happening <laughs> to poor Taewon Taylor. I mean, this is really bad. Um, it's really, really concerning that this is what you're looking at with Taewon Taylor, who I said definitively was going to be on the roster this year. And now I'm looking at it and I'm looking at Khalif Raymond and I'm thinking, I don't know. I really don't know. Like Dan Helley said on the broadcast tonight that Taewon's battling for his roster spot on the way too early depth chart that the team, it, it, I feel like they're required to put it out. I feel like the league requires them to put it out. Taewon was ahead of Tajay on the depth chart. Those depth charts don't mean anything. They're just kind of there. But Taewon, so many bad drops in, in crucial situations. One really bad, I mean, it was an underthrown pass from Tannehill, but he was wide open and it goes right through his hands in a way that you just, you can't have. If you're Taewon Taylor, you cannot have going into year three. It's it's going to be poisonous for your offense. It cannot it cannot continue to be the kind of inconsistency and the kind of incompetence, frankly, that the Titans passing game has represented when Taewon Taylor is relied upon to contribute in a in in a larger role, right? Taewon Taylor is somebody who was drafted here the same year as Corey Davis because they knew that they needed to do something about their anemic passing game. And all Taewon has done is kind he's, he's great at creating separation. He can't, for the life of him, track the ball. And when he does, he panics, it seems, in these situations, or he has a miscommunication, or he gets flustered, or he lets one come directly through his hands in the end zone. It's a really, really bad sign. 
for Taewon Taylor. And again, it's the first preseason game. But that, I think, is going to be the headline that most of us run with tomorrow because it's the thing that stood out the most. It's not how well... I mean, Tannehill played fine, and but all of us are smart enough to know that Ryan Tannehill is not going to uh, take Marcus Mariota's place at this point. We're, we're, not, we're not going anywhere near that because it's just it's simply, so, it's simply something that's not factually accurate. Taewon Taylor being in trouble is as real as it gets. <laughs> it's a really bad situation. All right, that's going to do it for us tonight. Shout out Dennis Kelly for being a great interview. Had to wear my Indiana shirt, talk a little trash to Dennis Kelly, but appreciate him spending some time with me. Very scary human, six foot seven, north of 320 pounds. Looks, looks like Sabretooth, actually, from X-Men. Uh, but very enjoyable to speak with Dennis and very enjoyable to hang out with you guys who rate and review and subscribe to this podcast. Make sure you're doing so on every platform that you are available to do so. That's Apple Podcasts, that's SoundCloud, that's Stitcher, that's Google Play, Spotify, all of these things where you can find the 615 Sessions. You'll want to do that because we'll have a fun show with Joe Rexroad, formerly of the Tennessee, and we'll know Monday where Joe's new job is happening. Uh, we will, so so we'll know, you'll, you'll know then by Tuesday when he's on the podcast. I can't say that yet. That's Joe's news to announce, but we're very happy for him. So Joe Rexroad and Emily Prout of WKRN will be on Tuesday's podcast. We will have that for you. We're excited to do that. So you need to subscribe and write review so you can get that podcast and all the excellent interviews that we're going to continue to do over the course of the football and Vols and Titans and Predators season. Meanwhile, it's football season. So we will continue to have the best football coverage humanly possible for you here on the 615 Sessions. That being said, I'm Buck Rising reminding you, as always, to stay hot, Nashville. We will speak with you on Tuesday with Joe Rexroad and Emily Proud right here on the 615 Sessions, brought to you by A to Z Sports and a to zsportsnashville.com.